Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, y'all. Seven Rounds in Heaven is back. We're brought to you by the Armchair Media Network. Nick Saban has done it again, but could he beat the Jaguars? It is I, Rob Paul, a.k.a. this podcast's big stupid loser. And with me, as always, is AJ, Roll Tad, Marchese. Am I just a little stupid loser for Saturday? You're a winner because of Alabama. Okay, good Roll Tide. But you have no uh, conference pride, and I'll never forget that. <laughs> Today, we're talking everything that happened in the natty and some of the biggest risers and sliders of the college football season. Seven rounds in heaven with my baby driving up. To Cleveland, maybe looking for a Lawrence or Sewell. Don't draft specialists on the first day. Don't draft specialists on the second day. Maybe draft a punter in the six. We'll see. Let's go seven rounds. Let's go seven rounds together. Let's go seven rounds forever. And that's a song. The wait is finally over. Football is in full effect. And the NBA is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season, from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to Bet Online today and use promo code Armchair to take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. Before we talk about the embarrassment that is this year's national championship game, a couple declarations, a couple senior bowl things. Uh, AJ, you know the drill. Here are the declarations. Uh, Indiana receiver Wap Fillier, Oklahoma pass rusher Ronnie Perkins, Texas A&M defensive lineman Bobby Brown, Kentucky linebacker Jamin Davis, Oklahoma State safety Kobe Harvell Peel, and Florida kicker Evan McPherson. <laughs> uh, Who gets your juices flowing? Ronnie Perkins had the best stretch after obviously coming off suspension and raised his draft stock the most out of that group, I think, and... Uh, Definitely the most interesting guy. I think I think he's going to go the highest of that group right there. Wow, I'm surprised you didn't pick the kicker. He had a really good year, but I mean, uh, you know, you know, how I feel I want them to stay as long as they can. Yeah, P- Perkins. Um, obviously, he he dominated Florida in the bowl game too. Mm-hmm. Um, should test really well. I, I like it feels he's like a he's a he's a top 100 lock 
well, I mean, nothing's locked, but that's what it feels like. Yeah. Uh, it, the, the, I was I was just looking into some of the pass rushers the, um, today, actually, and it is shaping up again. Not to be, there's no Chase Young, but it is so much deeper than last year's class. Yeah, and and didn't we we talked about how <laughs> after Chase Young on, on the last episode how disappointing the pass rushing group was last year, like yeah. as rookies. Um, yeah. No, definitely, and I mean, we, we we knew even like I don't know September that this was a, a deeper group without a top end guy, but uh, even more guys just kept kind of emerging, right? Like, like I, I, neither of us were Ronnie Perkins fans in the summer, and look at him now. Like you just said, he's a potential top one hundred lock. So, yeah, nasty get off, nasty yeah. flexibility, ripping dips all there. Um, yeah, he 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 should be a, a day two lock at least. Agreed. Uh, I I'm also a little bit excited to see Wap fill here. Yeah, what was his what was his bowl stat line here? Like a 17 catch for 80 yards or something. Yeah, like he he he's a good fit for today's NFL with what he does yeah. as a yak player, and he can he's a bit of a Swiss Army knife line up in the slot. Uh, I I think he's gonna be an interesting day three receiver. No, that's a good point, and and like the but the fun thing is there's a good group of those. Um, you know, kind of gadgety, uh, do everything type of receivers for you, right? Yeah, big time. He he's um he's day three Rondell Moore, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, who who's day two Kadarius Stoney? There you go. Uh, okay, Senior Bowl stuff. They announced the coaching staffs. We got the Miami Dolphins and Carolina Panthers. Um, Jim Nagy is no matter what, making sure this goes down. So there you go. I'm pretty excited about both those coaching staffs. Yeah, I think they're like pretty much perfect picks. Getting getting Matt Rule and Brian Flores in there. Two of two of the, I mean, Flores legitimately one of the better uh, head coaches in the league, and Matt Rule looks like he's putting something together in Carolina. Obviously, they need to hire a GM still, but it, it's uh, it'll be fun. It'll be fun, and uh, I mean, the Dolphins have so many picks. Maybe yeah. they'll draft some of these guys. It's a big advantage for the Dolphins, especially if. There's whispers of the combine not happening, and, and you know maybe um, visits going to be limited again, like last year. Um, so get, getting getting there in Mobile is going to be, and like we said, Jim Jim's not going to not let this happen. So being there in Mobile is going to be huge for both these coaching staffs, but especially the Dolphins with those uh, plethora of picks. And I can tell you one thing for certain: both of them have top ten picks. Uh, none of the quarterbacks there are going to catch their eye with those picks. <laughs> Can, so, I, can, uh, can I also say that I expect both of these coaching staffs to run fun practices? I, I think I think so, too. I mean, I think we were both a little biased because we just we both love Matt Rule and Brian Flores so much. But um, both defensive guys, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If nope. Joe Brady's still the Panthers OC, uh, I'm excited to see kind of what he does there. That would some be... of, especially with some of these pass catchers. For sure, it's kind of it's also kind of cool, you know. Rule and Brady potentially, just one year removed from uh from being college coaches, coaching in the senior bowl is kind of a neat angle too. There you go. That's why AJ's on the show. Thinks of thinks of things in the angles I don't. <laughs> uh, okay, we got a couple more acceptances as well. Oklahoma running back Ramondre Stevenson, Duke tight end Noah Gray, and USC defensive lineman Marlon Tupolutu. <laughs> I mean, the showcase isn't really the running backs in Mobile, but seeing Ramondre Stevenson there is, is still going to be a ton of fun, literally, because he's it's, a massive man. <laughs> especially because, obviously, national championship game, um, 
Trey Sermon might have broke his collarbone, yeah. which is a big ding to the senior running back group in Mobile. And Stevenson and Sermon, I think, helped themselves more than anybody uh, down the stretch this season. Definitely. So I, I was pretty excited to see uh, Sermon there, and if he's not able to go, Stevenson's another really interesting guy. It's a it's a fun running group, running back group in general. I mean, my boy Michael Carter's there. Your boy Demetric Felton's there. <laughs> And then there's a couple more day three guys, but uh, those those four are pretty excited. I'm pretty excited to see. I mean, yeah, like we've talked about the, the, the softness of the running back group, or at least we did back in, in October. And it always kind of felt like you're, you're going to find guys emerged. And I, I kind of more expected to find it on tape rather than all these guys that kind of popped uh, since then, you know, like down the stretch, like you said, Sermon and Stevenson were monsters. And, uh, yeah, like that. that's – so I, just seeing Stevenson there being that big old man <laughs> – more so in the game, you get to see it. Just running guys over. That's going to be fun. It's going to be a Seahawk. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> probably. Probably rough. Um, hey, we're only like 17 days until the Senior Bowl. Uh, hope you've been grinding the Senior Bowl guys' tapes for a Senior Bowl special. I know I have. I'm excited. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, all, all things considered, I, I didn't think it was going to happen. Uh, so I'm excited it is, I guess. <laughs> I am, I am. Good pass rusher group, too. I'm just, I have the roster open right now. Um, it's a really cool group in general. Lots of talent this year. Yeah, no, that's that's true. Um, I'm excited. Good work, Mr. Nagy. You get some respect to be called As Mr. Always. Nagy now. Yeah. <laughs> As <laughs> always. You call, I call him Coach Nagy. <laughs> the ultimate form of respect. Okay, uh, so yes, Alabama won the national championship 52-24 over the Ohio State. Uh, Devonta Smith was named offensive MVP of the game, had 12 catches, 215 yards, and three touchdowns. All came in the first half before he dislocated his finger. Uh, Defensive MVP Christian Barmore, five tackles, two TFLs, and a sack. Those two were on a tear. Well, I mean, Devonta Smith was a fucking Heisman, so obviously he was on tear. <laughs> um, Christian Barmore, though, uh, over the last six games of Alabama season, six sacks, uh, has played, I, I think he's going to end up consensus top interior defensive lineman in this class. We talked about starting the summer, his potential. Yeah. It was kind of a slower start. He missed two games with an injury, and then he, he took off down the stretch, and he's clearly the, I think, I think his tape um, against Notre Dame and against Ohio State are going to be probably the two best interior defensive linemen mm-hmm. tapes in this class. Um, to me right now, he's probably the only guy I view as a first-round pick in the interior defensive line ca- class. And and he did it against an Ohio State offensive line that has multiple NFL guys on it. Yep. Um, I, I, I'm focusing more on him just because we've come to expect this from the great Devonta Smith. No, no, for sure. Like, um, I totally agree. And it, it was kind of funny that, like, you know, right before the SEC championship game, we were pegging Barmore as a potential guy that's going to kind of dominate the next three games. And he came out and did that. And definitely no one in this game and in the playoffs did more for their stock than Christian Barmore. And uh, I, I totally agree that he looks like IDL1, as many uh, anticipated in the summer, like you said. And nobody um, did less for their stock, maybe in the playoff games than Sean Wade. 100% correct. <laughs> Who Devonta Smith got the best of more than a few times. Um, there was 
I mean, it wasn't just like he was doing it to anyone they put on him, like when Tough Borland <laughs> had to cover him. Yeah. And uh, that was sick. Yeah. Gary Coombs just playing cover three no matter what. And uh, yeah, Tough Borland has covered the third, and it's Devonta Smith who goes for a 42 yard touchdown. Um, but yeah, when Sean, Sean Wade needed a strong playoff, he didn't have it against Notre Dame, and once again, not against Alabama. Um, Smith shook him once at the line. It was nasty. Uh, he had the Smith had that wild back shoulder catch yeah. where it just showed off his body control in his hands. Um, he oh the orbit the orbit motion touchdown yeah that was sick. Which I mean Texas fans are probably super excited to see what Sark does with some of their guys, seeing the way he consistently gets Devonta Smith open no matter what. I think that's kind of the best attribute about Sark's play calling. Uh, but yeah, I mean. Devonta Smith had, the, I think, the greatest receiver season in college football history and is arguably the greatest receiver in college football history. Easily arguable, for sure. Um, go, going back to Wade, yeah, it was obviously tough on Devonta. You highlighted a lot of the stuff. Uh, but what, he also got run over by Najee, but he made a nice TFL on, on Harris in the backfield. Um, he couldn't cover yeah, up. He's a safety. He, that's a, when I saw that play because he was lined up, you know, it was, it was no one to the side, so he was just kind of – he was lined up basically as a safety. And he came down to make the TFL. That was, that was the first thought that popped in my head. Um, and, like, we saw him. He couldn't cover, like, a limping Jalen Waddle um, <laughs> on that, that one comeback. Oh, no. oh, I forgot about that one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and then, like you said, the orbit. So, like, like some of it kind of looked like he was half-assing it out there. Like, I don't want to call him out and say that, but I don't know. Like, No, he's just that slow. <laughs> or he might be that slow, yeah. But I, he, to be honest, though, he looks, like, okay on the short in-breaking stuff because he, he had the – the PBU on Mechie at the goal line. Um, he had another one that uh, – who was it on? I, I, it, was, it was on Smith, I think, uh, where the throw wasn't great. But it hit Wade right in – he was in good coverage, but it hit him right in the stomach. He didn't make the pick. Um, so <laughs> that was right before half. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there were a couple plays that are like, okay, but uh, terrible overall. Yeah, so with him, I'm wondering maybe a little bit more on this later when we talk about biggest mm-hmm. sliders of the season – uh, I'm wondering because I mean he's a redshirt junior. He can still go back, and well, I mean anyone can go back. But um, so I'm wondering what decision he'll make, and I'm also wondering where like his draft stock. Yeah. Like obviously he's not a first round pick, but is he a day two pick? Or is he viewed as a nickel? Is he viewed as a safety? He's gonna be an interesting guy to watch. Yeah. Um, he's got a along with six days to make the decision. There you go. Ages the days counter. Five, actually, uh, when you're listening to this. There you go. <laughs> and, and obviously, Devonta Smith's always the star of the show, and Najee Harris is always slightly overshadowed by that. But, <laughs> I mean, 79 on the ground, 79 um, through the air, three total touchdowns. He had on that on that wheel route, that kind of one-handed, yeah. pulled it in, made a couple defenders look silly, scored a touchdown. You, you, you know which one was fun? Sorry to cut you off there. The one at the goal line where they gave it to him uh, on the pass, and he got lit up as he was catching the ball, but he still caught it and he didn't fall. And that's like, holy fuck, oh, yeah. what a powerful so I, guy. I saw a, a, a different angle of that, and it was targeting. And But because it's Najee Harris, and he just absorbed yeah. it. There's no flag. Yeah, a stud. That was, I, I love that. Who was that? Proctor that, that laid up, that hit him, right? Yeah. Proctor went yeah. on. <laughs> Proctor fell on his ass. Najee barely got knocked back. and still. I, I don't know how he, he reeled the ball in either. That was awesome. Obviously, it didn't go anywhere, but it was still awesome. Um, he, I mean, Najee Harris had like, I think 1800 
or so yards from scrimmage this year and 30 touchdowns. It, really, in in a, I don't know, in a year where Devonta Smith didn't put up those numbers and it was like a regular Bama offense, he's like he's like he would have been an easy Heisman winner. Yeah, no, it's crazy that he came fifth in the Heisman despite those numbers. And I mean, he's the greatest running back in Alabama history that's, by the numbers. He's yeah. the school record holder, and he passed Derrick Henry in rushing yards in a career, passed Derrick Henry in rushing touchdowns in a season, and uh, passed Sean Alexander for career rushing touchdowns. It it didn't feel like it, but like we it's know. also easy for him. Every yeah. every game, it felt like he was a grown ass man against high school kids. For real, no, definitely. Uh, I do want to point out uh, one Ohio State player who I thought had a nice little game. Baron Browning. I thought, I mean, he had the strip sack. Mm-hmm. I thought he looked good in coverage. He had a couple disruptive plays. He sniffed out, um, what was it? A little, was it a bubble screen to the flat? Uh, and uh, he, he just looked, like he was like the one Ohio State defender making plays. Yeah. The defensive line didn't show up. I know there was no Tyreek Smith or Tommy Togiai, but like, Haskell Garrett and Jonathan Cooper were non-existent. The Alabama offensive line dominated them. Um, Deontay Brown's the largest human I've ever seen. <laughs> I thought I thought Hilliard wasn't bad for stretches. He made a couple flash plays, but it was like, yeah, uh, Baron Browning definitely came up the biggest, but um, not much else. Disappointing performance, obviously, for Ohio State. But like even like just the individual ones, like you said, on the defensive line, uh, Togiai and Smith, they, they weren't really winning anything. So. Sorry. Um, yeah. Cooper. What? No, no, nothing. Yeah, yeah, I knew you. You meant Cooper and Garrett. It's okay. Yeah. Um, and, and like, I, it's hard to blame Justin Field. Like, I didn't think Fields played terribly by any stretch. Uh, he was clearly de- dealing with the injury, mm-hmm. which is a hip pointer, but certainly seems more rib oriented. <laughs> yeah. Um, the offensive line didn't play that great for him. Uh, he 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 had he had a couple throws that looked really good that that um, outbreaking red to Chris Olave the even the Jeremy Rucker one handed catch that was that was a laser throw. Um, it, it was they, kind, it was kind of like Trevor Lawrence's game last week, but not to the same yeah, extent. That's a good that's a that's a good way to look at so it. Yeah, where it's like yeah, he didn't put up monstrous numbers, but he didn't play poorly, and it was more lack of help around him. And obviously Trey Sermon. Got one yeah. carry and was done. Yeah, that was that was for sure the biggest part of this this game. Oh, not the biggest part, but it was huge because we saw how well, dominant Sermon was down the stretch. I, and I, I think it was pretty clear based on the way Ryan Day called plays throughout that game was Trey Sermon was going to be the, the focus of mm-hmm. their offensive game plan because even once he was gone, they were running the ball. Even when they were in a hole, they, they, they still wouldn't consistently yeah. go to the passing game. I, I, to me, that said Justin Fields isn't healthy, and the game plan was always going to be just hammer Trey Sermon down their throat, and obviously they they couldn't because he got hurt. And Master Teague's an okay back, but he's he's not Trey Sermon. Yeah, no, definitely. I, one thing, I, one other thing, I will give Fields is that he ran the ball pretty well. He went sixty-seven yards, and uh, well-timed scrambled and was picking up meaningful yards when they needed it too. I, I thought that was a, a like maybe an underappreciated aspect in this game too. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, he's gonna be a top five pick, unless he comes back. <laughs> um, 
anyone else you really want to like it's so funny that Devonta smith can go in and do that and we're like yeah he was just Devonta smith like any any other in player having the first half and yeah exactly any other player having that type of game uh it'd be the only one we're talking about john um, mechie's next <laughs> yeah mechie baby brampton let's go uh what do you uh, the the ratings were bad? What do you think? I know you're a Ohio State fan, but putting that aside, what do you think of the game overall? Just as a pure viewing it, standpoint, it, it was exciting. Like the, I thought the first quarter was ex- like okay, Alabama scores. Yep. Everyone I feel like was like, oh no, this is <laughs> this isn't going to be good. Like that was my thought at least, and Me too. obviously I'm a little biased, but. Like, yeah, I think because the, the vast majority of people thought Alabama would roll them, and they did obviously end up rolling them. But, yeah, after that first score, I think everyone thought it was over right then. Yeah. Um, and then, I mean, Ohio State, because Ohio State doesn't score in their first drive. Alabama scores 7 nothing, But then Ohio State instantly responds. Mm-hmm. Alabama scores again. Ohio State responds again. Alabama, Alabama scores again. Then when they kicked the field goal on the Ohio State um, next scoring drive, that's when I was like, I, I had a bad feeling. Yeah. That is when they ran away. And then they just scored two more before half. And it was 35-17. And even like that's, you can overcome that, but it didn't feel like they, they could. Because they, it felt like they, they had to keep up with Alabama scoring-wise to stay in this game because they weren't going to stop Alabama's defense, or Alabama's offense. Definitely. Like they the only way to stop Alabama's offense is to pressure Mac Jones. That's my guess because he's never been pressured, so we don't actually know. Um, I know Ohio State could not get to him. Kerry Coombs basically played uh, like Ohio State only ever is very cover one heavy, mm-hmm. uh, or sorry, single high heavy, and, and uh, Kerry Coombs loves cover three and I, like. Sark just RPO'd them to death against that and get all these fancy-ass designs to get Devonta Smith the ball. And yeah. It, and it just felt like Ohio State didn't know how to adjust. And even when they did play a little bit of too high, it didn't matter at all because they just they, Alabama's got a ridiculous amount of talent. Um, yeah, I totally agree. Like The game was really fun up until that field goal, and that felt like, oh, they just Done. fucked that up. Um, yeah, well, even, even before that, um, when Ohio State punted, when they probably should have gone for it, yeah, and it was at what I think this was, it was, I think it was twenty one fourteen. Ohio State punted, and but then that's when Baron Browning had the strip sack, and it was like, yeah. oh no, they're they're not dead yet, and then they kicked the field goal, and then they're dead. <laughs> Going back to the Sark thing, it's, it, you know, like this is a very, uh, you know, this is in my head big time right now, but it's it's funny watching. So many I, – I know I'm not going to compare the pros to the college experience, but it's amazing watching Sark design those plays and, like, so many offenses in, around all of football just have zero creativity. And you know which one I'm specifically talking about. Um, but it's so, like it, – it, it, they make it look so easy. Like, I know they're, they're loaded with talent, but it, like the way they were designing the ball to Devonta Smith, it's like, why can't more offensive coordinators do those things? And it's like it, – it seems so simple. But uh, so there's so many bad offensive coordinators in in football, and there's and there might be even worse, even more worse defensive coordinators. So it's just frustrating when uh, when you can see a guy move his guy all around the field and other teams can't do anything. You know, especially especially some of the NFL teams. Hey, that's why uh, NFL's getting smarter and hiring people like Joe Brady. There you go. Um, anything else on this game? No, but I I do have. Uh something else to tell you aj 
What is it, Rob? In your free time, there's no college football anymore, but in your free time, there's still NFL playoffs. I know you're watching Michigan dominate Wisconsin yeah, in basketball right now. And in the NBA, when they aren't postponing games and they are playing them, uh, you can gamble on all these things, and you can do so at Bet Online. Bet Online is the best sports betting online book in the business. And use the code armchair to take advantage of all, all the great sign-up bonuses. That's Bet Online. You're on line. Sports book experts. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Okay, AJ. Next, we've got our five biggest risers and sliders of the college football season because it's over for the next seven months. There will be no college football, but there will be spring games soon enough. My favorite time of the year. <laughs> uh, do you want to start with sliders or risers? Uh, let's start on the low note and end on the high note. Wow. 
You're such an upbeat person. Sure. Uh, uh, do you do you want to do you want to start with your biggest slider or your fifth biggest slider? You know, first let's let's start at the top. For sliders, I thought there was less. My riser list heavier than my slider list. Uh, I, I think the biggest slider clearly was. We've only got five, AJ. How many did you write? I don't know, a bunch. Um, <laughs> my oh, biggest. I don't have to name them all, Rob. It's it's good to be prepared. No, I want to know now. Oh, fuck. Uh, I think usually the biggest slider was Marvin Wilson because what was he consistent? Oh, okay, I, I've got Sean Wade. Uh, Sean Wade's my number two. Uh, I, I, Wilson was what consistently mocked top fifteen in September, and then now I don't I, know if he's a top one hundred pick. I put him in my honorable mentions. Oh, okay. No, I think he really. I, I this is funny. Um, no, I, it depends where what time we're we're talking. But if we're talking October, then no. But if we're talking before the season. He's clearly like the the biggest guy because he's supposed to be ideal one, uh, supposed to be a top but, fifteen dude. Yeah. No, I don't. I think the problem, or maybe why I viewed it differently, was mm-hmm. like I, I I like he was like I went through old mock drafts too to just yep. see how things have changed, and he was one of like a, a couple guys who was consistently mocking the first round. That's definitely not going in the first round. Mm-hmm. But I remember the talk around him was always like. He's got day two-ish tape, yep. and it was a lot of projection that he would take that Derek Brown jump because Derek Brown was in a similar boat heading into his senior season. Obviously, Marvin Wilson did not do that, and, and it's just not a great interior defensive line class in general. So yeah. I, I am interested to see if he does still end up in day two. It feels like it, the senior bowl is going to be a huge spot for him just because he's been out of people's thoughts for a while mm-hmm. um but no he he definitely is uh one of the biggest ones yeah i mean and if you want to jump to sean wade um <laughs> we already we already talked about it mightily and i think you you we almost got onto the conversation but uh does he go back i mean if he i mean he's clearly not a first round pick is he a day two pick right now i'm not sure after those performances so, I mean, if he's not a day two pick, and, I mean, he has to figure that out, um, the benefit is to go back, right? You would think, but I don't know. We always see guys declare who are going to go undrafted, so I don't know. Yeah, no, that's true. I, but <laughs> I don't like, like – I, I could think he... it's, it's interesting with Sean Wade. Um, yeah. Obviously, he, he shifts to outside corner this season after uh, Damon Arnett and Jeff Okuda go in the first round. He played nickel. Uh, all of 2019, and he looked good at nickel. Everyone liked him at nickel. Mm-hmm. wasn't first-round tape, but the thought process was his skill set is better fit for the outside. He shifts to the outside. Turns out his poor footwork, lack of ball skills, and not great athleticism were taken advantage of more yeah. frequently on the outside. Um, and he he was used. He he couldn't be used as much as a disruptive force player on the outside yeah whereas at nickel like they blitzed him a ton last year as a nickel he was more impactful around the line of scrimmage as a nickel and he used that physicality to just bully smaller slot receivers and in theory the the physicality and the size would fit covering bigger receivers but he would just wasn't in just by my eyes wasn't able to overwhelm them the same way so it impacted his game yeah I, i've been saying all year it's I, I felt like he was physically unmatched by a lot of the bigger receivers on the outside yeah and yeah. uh I, I, I so i do think the next level as a he's way more interesting as a safety who can come down and, and play some nickel and yeah 
be like a, a classic strong safety in today's NFL. Um, maybe a, maybe a Kenny Vaccaro esque player. Uh, but yeah, I don't, it's gonna be hard to. Jesus, I think I got a new neighbor, AJ. Congratulations. Just a lot of noise. Um, <laughs> but it's gonna be hard to gauge where. Yeah, at this point, like the tape's not good. No. no. So, are you willing to bet on him in the third round making a transition to a new position? If you're doing that, it's 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 you know it's last year's tape and it's pedigree, right? Like that's the two things you're scouting the helmet a little more than than the player. I think, um, yeah, it's tough. And I, I Dame Brugler dropped a mock today. It wasn't in the first two rounds of his mock. Uh, so yeah, I I definitely think it's 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 round three at best, and I'm not even sure there. So like and like even if he if he were to go back to Ohio State, would his would they play him like would they, would they play him where he should be played like last year or back in the in the slot or moving him to safety like? So I don't know. It's a tough call, and we'll we'll find out in the next five six days, whatever the hell it is. Monday, it's the deadline. My number two biggest slider is because Wade was your number two, right? Yep. Mine is, my number two is Dylan Moses. It's my number um, three, Rob. Obviously, massive 2018 season. Tours ACL before 2019. Opted to return for 2020. And never looked quite the same. Instead, he was playing through knee pain the whole year. Um, really struggled in coverage. You saw him get beaten coverage, uh, it felt like, every game. Uh, and he just didn't look nearly as explosive uh, working sideline to sideline as a run defender. He went from a potential top 15 pick to maybe a second-round pick, especially didn't help him that this linebacker class is very mm-hmm. strong. I I don't think he's a second-round pick. I think he's kind of the same Sean Wade boat there. And it's another guy that he, we obviously it – was, it was some confusion about whether or not he was coming out last year, that his dad got involved, he's a lawyer – it was weird, and obviously he went back to Alabama, and it just it, it, nothing went right this year for him. Um, definitely, definitely one of the big ones. I, I don't know. Do Do you think he's going top one hundred? I don't know because it's so dependent on medicals. Like if he's yeah. still playing with knee pain, that's a big worry. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, that's a that's a tricky one. Uh, I I definitely thought Wilson, Wade, and Moses were the clear top three. I think after that you can oh, kind of oh, oh, okay. I've got a different Florida State player as my third. My uh, okay, you say who it is, and it's probably my fourth guy, <laughs> Tamori and Terry. Yeah, he's my fourth guy. <laughs> yeah, so obviously 2019, Florida State's terrible, but he's awesome. Yep, has over a thousand yards, nine touchdowns. 2020, they hire Mike Norvell. It's everyone's jazzed up, including myself, thinking hey, like, all Norvell has done at Memphis is produce NFL talent. This guy's more talented in theory than like anyone he's had. He's a potential go. Like, if it had he declared, I think he would have been, like, a fourth day, early day, I don't know, it was a deep receiver class, but he would have been day three guy. Everyone, I think, was thinking this guy can be a high day two pick with a big season. He's such a freaky athlete. If he cleans up some of the drops, like, he's a mismatch machine with his size and his speed. Um, then there's the questionable decisions by Mike Norvell that rubbed some players on the team the wrong way, rightfully so. And then... Florida State kind of never jived, and then no. he like he struggled with drops. He only played six games. He only had 289 yards. Now I think his draft stock is dependent on blowing up the combine to get drafted. Yeah, definitely. 
So it's, uh, it's, it's, it's he's going to be a strange one because I really liked the, what I saw in 2019. I thought he had such a high ceiling. He, he, oh, well, you know, like I think the big question even going in was was the drops because they pop up so much on tape. And then, yeah, I think it even might have gotten worse this year. I felt like he had that one decent game and then just kind of, like you said, it only played six games and just fell off the map. And you know what? He felt like the, you know, like the popular trendy, let's get Patrick Mahomes another weapon mock at the, you know, at the pick 30th in the in the summer, you know what I mean, or 32nd. It felt like he was sneaking into there and, like you said, early day two talk. Um, and it's all, all evaporated. And, yeah, if there's no combine uh, – that's going to hurt him, and I, I genuinely have no idea where he should go right now. Um, okay, my number four is Iowa State quarterback Brock Purdy, who's returning for his senior year in Ames. Purdy, Purdy is like pretty much my five, but I'll call him six to change this up. Definitely, definitely one of the, the biggest quarterback faller. Um, I mean, it happened quick. <laughs> it was pretty swift. It was like the first two weeks where everyone's like, yeah, we even even his fan, the fans of his. Cause I kind of I, I thought maybe as a fourth round guy potentially, not not a high upside, but uh, like a a decent guy and like maybe maybe a potential guy that's gonna come out there and manage games well for you. You were lower on him in the summer, and then you saw it quick the first two three games that he he just doesn't have it. And, and obviously Iowa State had a fantastic year, but even his numbers dropped off big time, and he only played one less game, and he threw for. 1,200 less yards had 11 less touchdowns. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's terrible. I mean, and just the, the eye test of it. And, yeah, it, no, it truly is funny that Iowa State was really good this year, and he was really bad. I mean, the, the promising thing was his his best game was the bowl game, so that's good. He's a solid college quarterback, and, I mean, I just don't think he has the physical tools to be yeah. anything more than a late day three prospect, even if he has another – like, he's going to have to have a huge – Huge senior season, I think, at Iowa State to be anything more than a viewed as a day three guy. Um, like I think Colt McCoy is his ceiling. <laughs> yeah, like like a long ish term backup. That seems like the ceiling. I, I totally agree. And like I was really interested in what he could do, uh, like between the hash marks. And like I thought that was really impressive. His passing, and then, but you know, like not long, like twenty yards max. And I thought like the accuracy there was impressive. And it, but it's not like that's a great trait to be leading but, but that was the promising end of it and then uh it, yeah it just all fell apart my five i put a tie between lsu nose tackle tyler sheldon mm-hmm. oklahoma center creed humphrey mainly because they were both being mocked as like yeah top 20 picks and yeah neither are going to be top 20 picks creed humphrey didn't have a bad year by any means at oklahoma i just think it was a guy who'd been in college football and played at such a high level for a while, so he was just a trendy name to put there. Um, I don't know if he'll even be the first center off the board. He, to me, he's more of a like a, he's going to be probably a midday two plug and play starter guy, but yeah, you know, he's not a first round guy. And then Michelvin, I think it was just part of that LSU lore, and he was such a fun nose tackle for them. And then obviously he didn't play this year, which isn't going to. I don't think it would have changed much opinion if he did, though. I, I agree. I think that's a good take. Because some guys I had on, on my list were guys that opted out and kind of suffered that way. But uh, I think Shelvin is one that, even if he did play, I don't think – I think that was just like a, a nice filler. Uh, we don't really know what this interior defensive line class yeah. looks like yet. Let's let's mock like, him in the first round. Because we, we like who he is and we like what he can do. But there's yeah, not big like, upside like there. A, 
he's a very good run defending nose tackle, but yeah, that's not a guy you take in the first round in today's NFL. Definitely. I, I I had all those guys, so I'll jump I'll jump to my next one, uh, who I think is a little interesting to follow up. How about Jalen Twyman, who also didn't play this year and kind of got hurt by that as well? Because uh, he was he was up there amongst the, the the IDL group, and now I don't even know. Like he, I think he can definitely kind of reignite his stock in the process. But he, he another guy that kind of suffered from opting out. And it's kind of interesting to see, like who got dinged big for opting out and who didn't. And it's just kind of just kind of feel like a casualty of chance. You know what I mean? It was it's kind of weird. Yeah, no, there's there's plenty of guys. Um... They're just not in our minds right now, which doesn't help. But we're not the talent evaluators, so that doesn't really matter. <laughs> That's a good point. Uh, no, it, I do wonder, though, if those guys are going to you know, have their names reignited in the process. Uh, I threw a couple of honorable mentions down as well. Marvin Wilson, who you talked about. Uh, I put Kyle Trask down. Yeah. And Hamza Nasiruddin. That's a good one. Um, I, you know who else? Quincy Rocher. I threw in his honorable mention, too who kind of just got overshadowed by uh, – well, you know, he was he was already overshadowed, and then he, he got jumped by Jalen Phillips, who you could put as one of the top ten risers probably. Um, hey, but Roshi gets the senior bowl, so who knows? There you go. Okay, you want to do risers now. Do you want to start with five or one? Uh, you, your call. I called the last one, and you start this time. Okay, let's start with five. Who you got? I put – Kadarius Tony five. I see. Like, I see. For me, risers more hotly contested. Uh, I had a lot more names, and I ended up with Tony as my six. For me, like last year, twenty nineteen, he was a just like a bit player. They they had a deep receiver yeah. group, and he didn't really have a consistent role. Only had two hundred eighty six yards. Only touched the ball twenty four times. This year, kind of was the perfect compliment to Kyle Pitts is the big Pitts, the big downfield playmaker, Tony, the yak freak, the, the big deep separator ends up with over 900 receiving yards, 11 total touchdowns, added some on the ground and into the return man and went from, I don't, I don't know, interesting gadget, maybe day three yep. to potential first round pick who you mentioned Terry, t- to the Chiefs 32nd, now you're starting to see Tony there. Yeah, no, that's a good one. Uh, again, I've said it so many times, but I didn't fall in love with any player this season more than I fell in love with Kadarius Tony, and he's definitely one of the biggest risers, and especially to me. for for uh, and Like you said, I, I really in the summary wasn't too on the radar, and yeah, it was kind of potential, and now I, I think he's probably worthy of a first-round draft pick. Um, similarly, my fifth guy, I put Mac Jones here, and <laughs> another guy who – I think it was just like, okay, he's a game manager before the season. Um, he, he might lose the starting job. He's not much. And, and he elevated that to an insanely good college quarterback year and a potential first-round pick. Yeah, I put him as an honorable mention just because maybe I'm a little lower on him yeah. um, than the numbers say. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he did go from uh, uh, essentially a nobody who everyone, including myself, thought Bryce Young would beat out for the starting mm-hmm. quarterback job to Heisman finalist, national champion, probably the only quarterback who's selected on day two. Yeah, I, I, that's probably fair. And, again, he could sneak into round one. I, I don't know if he should, but, no, definitely 
he definitely could be the only quarterback on on day two. And if it is, I think he's probably a round two pick. Yeah. So I I, I went into some of his tape uh, over the weekend and. He, like he's not gonna blow anybody like physically there's not a ton there but he's just he's very tight mechanically he's smart with his decision making he's pretty accurate like he he's a Teddy Bridgewater esque quarterback at at best I think it's an interesting interesting comp um, I thought it was kind of funny like like watching him last night where he like there was moments where he just absolutely ref- I know I know it's not his game but like refusing to run but the the, the good thing was he was finding the outlets and. And I, I don't know. I thought that was a funny thing. And then at the end of the game, he did start taking it off. And I'm still not sure what how I feel about Mac Jones, but I definitely agree that like he's not some uh, you know the, the the high end tools aren't there, but he's he's composed and he he, he gets the job done. Number four for me is uh, North Carolina running back Javante Williams. Finish your drink, Rob. He not to say he was like not a bit like he was a big time player in 2019 for them too. I yep. just think lack of spotlight and yep. they hadn't totally unlocked that offense yet like he ran for 900 yards last year but this year he was way more involved as a pass catcher way there was more of a consistent role in the running game with him he set the north carolina touchdown record with 22 ran for over 1100 and kind of solidified himself as a day two pick um what i don't think he was really on anybody's radar at least heavily at before the season yeah and, and and now he's potentially the third back off the board after Etienne, Najee Harris, and he's kind of, to me, at this point, the guy who, second round, you want to start him running back. This is the guy, like, he, I really, really like, uh, I, I did a couple games on him recently, I really have a, a nice um, grade on him tonight. Like, I think he can be a Kareem Hunt-esque running back. I think I agree with everything you just said, and yeah, he, he kind of feels like, at least the first day two back that you're going to draft to be a, 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 I don't want to say a bell cow, but an RB1. And, like, you know, his teammate Michael Carter, who we both love, he's more of the, you know, RB2, you mix him in or, or split with an RB1, whatever. Uh, and, you know, Kenneth Gaywell, also similar boat. Um, yeah, uh, Jermonda Williams definitely d- did more for himself than any other running back this year. Man runs angry. Yeah. <laughs> I think he, he had the most broken tackles this year, I believe, off the yeah, top I think of my so. head. Yeah. I think so. Uh, okay, three for me, because you also have Williams four. I'm not yep. just jumping the line. Uh, three for me, I put Davion Nix in the Iowa defensive tackle. He, he fell into my honorable mention category, but definitely. I, I, I think he's still rising, which is the, the fun part of it. 2019 rotational player, 29 tackles, five and a half TFLs, three sacks. Bursts onto the scene this year. Full-time starter, just eight games, has 13.5 TFLs, 5.5 sacks, that 71-yard pick six. And I, I think after Barmore, like he's the guy yeah. who I think has the best chance, especially with Jordan Davis going back to Georgia. He's the guy who's got the best chance to be the second defensive tackle off the board. Really a lot of upside there with his athleticism. He's raw as hell. But like he is so twitchy for for a big man, he he plays um like he he's a, a classic three tech, like gap shooting three tech, and he's he, like I wouldn't be shocked that I think you're right like he's still kind of rising as people mm-hmm. get into the tape a little more, and then if there's a combine, I think he's gonna do very well there, and I I don't know like top fifty kind of went from no not being on anyone's radar being a top fifty guy. 
Yeah, like like a guy that you see on everyone's top fifty, exactly. And like, I I think there is the potential that he's still the first IDL, but I I think Barmore kind of kind of solidified it with his stretch. Uh, hey, similarly, I, I think so too. Yeah, similarly to uh, to Nixon, a uh, guy that's probably still rising, but we've seen him you know get into top fifteens now. I put a uh, Georgia edge rusher Aziz Ochilari here at three, who uh, another guy that just came came down the stretch as an absolute monster. We saw him in the bowl game against Cincinnati where. Uh, he just took over that third quarter, and uh, you know another twitched up guy. And I, I, I don't know where his limit is in in, in this class. Um, uh, another guy, if he gets the if the combine happens and he's there, uh, I think he's gonna absolutely tear it up. And uh, I, I'm probably gonna end up as a top fifteen guy when it's all said and done. I think. Yeah, he he he's in my honorable mentions. Um, but yeah, he he's kind of very similar. Like there's more hype about him entering the year than some of these other guys. True. But I don't think to the point where he's now viewed by a lot of people as a top 15 pick and potentially the first pass rusher off the board in a class who, again, no clear-cut number one guy, but a really strong group throughout. Definitely. I am uh, I think the number one is pretty obvious, but I'm, I'm curious if you're, if you're number two. I think we'll have the same guy. For two? Yeah. I, I got Zavin Collins. Oh, you know what? I almost forgot about Collins. He should have been in there. There we go. That's a good one. I'm glad you, you brought him up. That's a huge one. Um, Really productive as a freshman in 2018 and as a sophomore in 2019. Yep. But just kind of took it to the next level in 2020. I think he got more national attention, too, because more people were watching random group of five games. <laughs> That's a good point. And, and Tulsa was good, too. And Tulsa was good. Yeah. And he had, I mean... He uh, to me he was the most important defensive player to any team's success. I think you're 100 percent right. Like he, I mean, he had the game winning pick six. He had, I think he had 100 game winning pick. Uh, he ended up with seven and a half TFLs, four sacks, four picks, just six four two sixty, ridiculous athlete for that size. Former high school quarterback, went from again not really on the radar to instantly on the radar after the Oklahoma State game. Yeah, uh, where they hung with the. Oklahoma State was ranked pretty high at that point. Um, and, and I think a lot of people view him as this very scheme-diverse linebacker who can rush the passer, who can drop into coverage, big as hell. I like the K.J. Wright comp. Um, he's just really fun. He, he, he's he got a chance to sneak into the back of the first round. Have you seen the K.J. Wright thing anywhere else, or is it just me? I, I It was just you. But don't okay, no, yourself no. on the back too much. <laughs> no, no, that I, I honestly I think that's more of an honor that for you to say that you like that and no one else has. Uh no, definitely. I almost forgot about Collins. Uh he'd be he'd be here for me. And yeah, I mean de- definitely the most I don't know, the defensive MVP if you want to give the award like that. But you know, he never won it because he doesn't play in the power five. Anyways, <laughs> second for me, uh guy not on that great of a team, but uh popped into the radar because they, they ran the ball amazing. I put Christian Derrissaw, the the Vatech tackle. That's a good one. I'm surprised. I didn't, I, I didn't even think of him. It's funny that I forgot about Collins and you forgot about Derrissaw. <laughs> yeah. I love Derrissaw. Yeah, who who's, looks like a top 15 lock and a lock to be tackled to. At the very, well, I mean, Slater's in there, and Slater's another riser, but not to the quite same extent as Derrissaw, who uh, definitely looks like he could speak. I, uh, I think Rashawn Slater's locked in to tackle to. Do you? Okay. So we got tackle three at the, at the at the low end and top fifteen but, uh, probably. Like I wouldn't be shocked if my the end of the day my board has Suel, Derisaw, and Slater in the top twelve. 
Yeah, no, it feels. I it, love Derisaw. Yeah, it was just a fucking run mauler and a beast, and uh, like didn't feel like we got a really great look. I haven't, I haven't dug into the tape yet, but as a pass protector there in that Vatek offense, but uh, it looks like he's got the goods all around, and uh, yeah, huge, huge, huge riser this year. Yeah, he's fun as hell. Uh, that's a good one. Number one's pretty easy, I think. Yeah, yeah. Zach Wilson went from interesting, zany, <laughs> day three, group of five independent quarterback. Day three if he's lucky, yeah. Yeah. Hey, well, some of us knew. Early. You liked him? <laughs> Not to this extent, but you liked him, I remember. He, he, he played through 2019 with a shoulder injury, and he was fun, but like nothing you would get excited about necessarily. 14 touchdowns in total, nine games, 2,300 passing yards. 12 games this year, 3,600 yards, 43 total touchdowns, only three picks, 73.5% completion rate, and 11 per attempt. Was in similar to Javon Collins, he got attention right away because I think, again, more like yep. BYU was playing right away. Yep. So people were seeing him right away. And seeing his kind of his carefree, just rip it kind of style, people started getting excited. I, I remember you were talking about him pretty early on. Um, and he went from, yeah, like not even on the day three radar. He went from fun college quarterback to potential second overall pick. <laughs> yeah, insane. Well, I got a stat from last year up uh, 2,300 yards. 11 touchdowns and 9 I, picks. I just said them. Oh, did you? Sorry. I was reading my own notes. I apologize. <laughs> but, I'm offended. <laughs> and, you know, but but one thing you also said, I was listening to this part, the shoulder injury. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I, I think it kind of resulted in in a bit of a funny wind-up and release from him last year. And, and you know, we, we know he's a guy that's trying to do a lot. And I, I think last year when, when BYU wasn't as strong and he wasn't 100%, uh, we saw him holding on to the ball too long, and, and the, the big plays didn't come off of that. And then this year, it all just clicked together. And, yeah, he's cl- clearly the biggest riser in the entire process. It, it sucks, though, because BYU is going to play a really Power 5 heavy schedule this year and then didn't, obviously, because of COVID. And I know. so he didn't play a single Power 5 team and put up these gaudy numbers. Um, so I think that's the one thing that you got to think about with him. Um, yeah, definitely. But I, I will say that it wasn't – like if it for 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 a non power five schedule is about as strong as it it could be right, and the other thing like he he was he showed potential as a sophomore despite the shoulder injury and playing Pac twelve. He like against Pac twelve opponents like he played USC in Washington last year and I think you could see some of the good stuff there at times. But again, the shoulder injury really held Mm -hmm. him back. They totally unlocked the offense this year. Dax Milne took a step up. (laughs) The offensive line dominated. I think like, again, I'm right now. I have Justin Fields and Trey Lance above him, but I can see, I understand the, like the high potential. All four of them have such potential. It's a fun, fun, fun group. And it's, it's almost like I mean I don't want to say it's almost like Trevor Lawrence is getting enough appreciation because he is, but it, it's it's kind of just the cherry on top of the Sunday with Trevor Lawrence. Um, I can't wait. I'm excited to see when like we're kind of way more into it and how both of our top ten quarterbacks compare to each other. Just especially because after those top five, I think it's just, there's there's so many 
different people to consider. You know what else is fun? I think there's going to be a lot of teams uh, that these four guys can go to, and I think there's going to be a lot of quarterback movement. I mean, we're just seeing Deshaun Watson potentially asking for a trade. We don't know exactly, but I don't think he's going to end up. But I think there's going to be – he's going to Pittsburgh. He's going to the Steelers. (laughs) Hey, Brugler mocked uh, Mac Wilson to the Steelers, so. I know. Uh, Uh, but no, this could be a, a huge, uh, huge year for quarterback movement this spring, and uh, it's it's fun how many teams are vying. I mean, we know Lawrence is going for is going to Jacksonville, but the other three, it's gonna be it's interesting how many teams are kind of in the mix there, and seeing where all these guys uh, land are, is going to be super exciting. Uh, that's, what, that, that's why you should listen to us all year long. Sick plug. Do, do, do you have any uh, honorable mentions? I, I I mean, I put Devonta Smith down. An honorable mention, just because he went from. There was a point this season where I, I believe I said he's he might be the receiver of the class who falls to early second mm-hmm. round, and we're all like, why? And because he's so good, and then no, now he like might be going going third overall. You, you, uh, I also, you, sorry, let me say something quick on on Fonte. It was kind of funny that if you look at the like the preseason mocks, he, you'd see him in the top fifteen twenty range. And then it, I, I, I didn't really look, but it felt like after the first couple of weeks, um, first of all, Waddle was kind of a, a little more the star of the show. And it felt like that's where the, the slip happened. And then obviously it fucking like a rubber band, it bounced back to huge. Yeah, it's it's he's he's my favorite. He's a, his personality, too. He's so likable. Definitely. Um, I also put Jeremiah Wusukoromoa just because he was a guy a I liked one. over the summer, but I didn't think he was going to be a top 20 lock. That's a good he one. He is that. Let's go in. Uh, I'll throw out some other names. Uh, Slater, who I, I think there, there were fans of, but uh, like you said, he, he looks like OT2 now. Uh, Which else? is funny you say that because a guy who opted out, and we yeah. we talked about how that impacted other guys, but it's because he opted out, more people, I feel like, dug into him maybe earlier, and then like he he's the only person who I saw handle Chase Young. Yeah, no, that, that's a good point. It, it's it's kind of interesting to see how the stocks went for opto guys. It's and it, it, obviously we've never seen it before, so it's kind of a fun experiment to see if this ever happens again. Uh, Jalen Phillips Did from Miami. You just wish another pandemic on us. No, uh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if if we see this trend continue in in regular years, like we've talked about this year, uh, okay. Jalen Phillips, I put here too, who obviously uh, transferred from UCLA to Miami and was awesome with no Rousseau there. Uh, who else do I got? Landon Dickerson, who kind of, I kind of caught the hearts and minds of, of America <laughs> and helped himself. Uh, th- I think those ones are the big ones. Uh, there's a couple other names, but I'll, I'll save them for next episode. That's not a thing we're doing. Yeah, when we do AJ's riser corner, <laughs> it's a fun year. I, I I will say it was my least favorite college football season ever that i've watched but very fun for the nfl draft it's just because michigan sucks that's a bad reason michigan sucks and and the opt-outs and the wonkiness harbaugh's back for five more baby yeah they all sucks 